Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. to our first full episode of Tipples and Tolkien. We are your hosts, I'm Em. And I am Eyes. Firstly, we just want to say a big, big thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened to our first mini-episode. Uh, we've received a lot of really great feedback and, uh, yeah, it's been very cool, so thank you so much for all of that. We are drinking today our first cocktail and we posted the recipe on our socials on instagram which is tipples and tolkien and on twitter which is tipples tolkien uh we are drinking the rosy mojito today it's a little bit of a slight twist on an old familiar so i hope you enjoy it as much as we are i'm in i enjoyed it very much so huge uh huge thanks for Again, to those who have been keeping up with us on our socials, as well as uh, hopefully following along with uh, the recipes that we're going to be putting out each week. I hope your rosy mojito is equally as enjoyable as ours. Um, today, we're going to mainly, this is going to be somewhat of a, a history lesson. Um, you know, it's not going to hopefully be boring, <laughs> but we're going to be summarizing some stuff that you made or you might already know about Lord of the Rings. Uh, the universe based on what you've seen, as well as what we're expecting to see in this show. Just to make you familiar with some names of people, um, places, a couple of objects maybe, just kind of bring you up to speed as much as we can. There's a ton of, ton of, ton of info when it comes to the Tolkien universe. So we're going to try to condense it as much as we can for you here, but it's not going to be like this every episode. No, um, this is just mainly for this episode because the show hasn't fully released yet. We're going to be focusing more on little details for each episode of the show. Not, it's not going to be a history lesson every single time we promise, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun putting some of the, the stuff together here, so uh, we'll just dive in. Um, first part, part one, if you would, if you will, we're talking about what you already know. If you have never heard of Lord of the Rings before, well, it's your lucky day. Go to uh, your favorite streaming service or digital rental service and check out 
the Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out over 10 years ago now. That's crazy to think about. But watch that. If you do know what Lord of the Rings is, but maybe it's been a while since you've seen it or even read it. I mean, they are they were originally books after all. Then now would be a great time to watch them again. Just to kind of re-familiarize yourself with some of the terms that are used, the characters. Because some of them um, are actually going to be in this show, believe it or not. I want to make it very clear, though. The vast majority of characters from The Lord of the Rings, as well as the Hobbit movies, they're not going to be in this show. If they are, it would be hilarious, but it would be completely contradictory. But... Just a heads up, don't expect to see Frodo and Sam walking around in this show, okay? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, key things to know from the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies, though, if you're rewatching them, pay attention to some of these things, okay? So obviously there are the rings of power. In the first five minutes of Lord of the Rings, it talks about all the different rings that were made. You have three made for the elves. You have seven made for the dwarves and nine rings made for the men of course there was the one wing wing ring to rule them all but that's not going to come till later point is these rings are going to play a role in the show after all the show is named after them and sauron had a lot to do with the forging of these rings i mean he even forged himself the one master ring so he uh he's gonna be involved so please, please note that our main villain this season is probably going to be Sauron. You know, you may have also remembered him from the Hobbit movies. He took a different form. He was known as the Necromancer because Sauron himself is the master of deception and cunning. And, you know, a lot of the, the important forces, you know, for good in Middle-earth during the Hobbit were... Yeah, they say, oh, he's just a necromancer. It's not actually Sauron. Well, it turns out it was. So if he shows up in this show, which he most likely will, then he might not be what we expect him to be. Another thing to note is that uh, in the first five minutes of Lord of the Rings, you had the last alliance of elves and men. You remember the, uh, the big old battle in Mordor when uh, Isildur cuts off Sauron's fingers and takes the ring for himself. That's a pretty big deal because some key characters there at that battle are going to be in the show. You got Elrond, the elf. There is a brief two-second glance at an elf known as Gilgalad, who is talked about much more in the books, really not at all in the movies. Um, He's a very important elf character. And you have Elendil, who was killed by Sauron. We see him get smacked in the face by his giant mace. And Elendil's son, Isildur, who took up his father's sword and, you know, cut off Sauron's fingers. So Isildur, Elendil, very important men who are going to be in the show. And uh, Gilgalad and Elrond, very important elves to remember. As well as Galadriel. If you've seen any of the new trailers for Rings of Power, You'll have heard her name and seen that it's, yes, it's Galadriel, a younger version of her, more of a warrior than the, you know, graceful, magical elf we've come to know. But she is going to be there. So remember her and uh, remember how powerful she was? Well, 
she, this younger version of herself might be even more powerful for all we know. We're, we're going to find out. Some, uh, some other little things to know from these movies you've already seen. So dwarves are going to be playing a role um, in this new show. Remember the Mines of Moria? Well, if you don't, go see the movie. But this is where Gandalf fought the Balrog and the Fellowship barely escaped with their lives. This place was abandoned and just decrepit overall. But now we're going to see it in its full glory. So Moria is going to be completely unlike anything we've seen before. And uh, yeah, just remember that. We're also going to see, well, (laughs) weird term to use, (laughs) (laughs) proto-hobbits. These are ancestors of hobbits. You've probably seen them in trailers already or already wondered, like, are those hobbits? I'm not sure. They're known as Harfoots. And Harfoots, um, they're very closely related to men, but they're going to they're gonna be there. So they're not going to be the hobbits that you've come to know and love, you know, with their cute little villages, the Shire, and all. everyone's got curly hair and nice clothing. And it's not going to be like that. But they will be there. So hobbits will be playing a role. And uh, last little thing to, to, to note. If you remember from the Return of the King movie, uh, you may have seen a white tree. You may have heard Pippin talking about a white tree. You may have seen white trees on some of the armor of the men of Gondor. That tree is going to play a role, believe it or not. <laughs> It's very it's it's a very important uh, tree, so keep that in mind when you're rewatching the movies as well. Aside from that, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are kind of you know they're more or less the the culmination. They're they're their own stories and and sort of endings of many things that have happened in the past. We're finally going to get to look into that past, and uh, this show is. As we said in our first kind of episode zero, uh, this show is a prequel. There's a lot of history to Middle-earth. This show takes place thousands of years before the things we've already seen. But a lot of it is going to, you know, you're going to remember those names and it's going to influence events, you know, that you see in these movies that we already know. So to talk about... um, some of these uh, these things to expect in the show. Things, things you may have heard of, things you may not have heard of. They might just be totally new to you. Um, M is going to present um, some of these people, places, races, and um, I don't know, without... Oh, well, you can give the spoiler warning, <laughs> M. <laughs> without going into too much detail, yes. of course. But yes. uh, yeah. Without going into too much detail, um, what to expect in the show. So, starting with the obvious, the Rings of Power themselves. As I already mentioned, there were three made for the elves, seven for the dwarves, and nine for the men. These were made by Celebrimbor, and this was kind of taught to them by a character called Anatar, which we may well be hearing a little bit more about throughout the show. 
Now, the elves themselves during this time in the Second Age, they were way more prominent and present than they were in the trilogies. <clears throat> during the movies, they were leaving Middle-earth. So, a few, I mean, Eyes has already touched a little bit on these, uh, a few of the elves to make note of that we will be seeing return in the show is Elrond and Galadriel. Elrond was half-elven, and he chose immortality, uh, as opposed to his brother, Elros. Uh, he was the eventual ruler of Rivendell, which you will remember from the movies. My favourite place in the movies by far. <laughs> and yes, his brother Elros, oh, I cannot speak right now. His brother Elros, who founded the kingdom of Numenor, which I am so excited because we have seen little glimpses of Numenor in uh, the trailers for Rings of Power. Should be worth noting that uh, Elros is, even though he's a, he's half elven like Elrond, uh, it's sort of a yin-yang thing here where Elrond chose, like Em said, he chose immortality and to live as an elf, whereas Elros chose to live a life of mortality. Granted, it was a long life of mortality, but mortal nonetheless. And it was a kingdom um, ruled by him in which men like him lived and, well, for a very long time. (laughs) So just wanted to throw that in there. Now, again, Galadriel, um, she's seen as a warrior. Uh, leader, and the eventual ruler of Lothlorien. She led the elven people in northern Middle-earth. And then, of course, there's Galadriel, who Eyes has already talked about a little bit. Uh, she very, very powerful elf, uh, a warrior, a leader, and the eventual ruler of Lothlorien. Now, we're not going to quite see her ruling Lothlorien throughout the show, however, Worth noting. Uh, she led the elven people in northern Middle-earth, which is the same region as the Shire. Now, Gilgalad, who we will be seeing in the show, he was the king of the elves of the north, and he was a fierce warrior, and he was wise and perceptive. Now, the three elven rings went to Galadriel, Gilgalad and oh no, is it Curden? Curden. <laughs> the three rings that went to the elves went to Galadriel, Curden, and Gilgalad. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be seeing, you know, how those rings uh might, you know, enhance their power, you know, when they're after they're made in the show. So that'll be a, a neat thing. In addition to um, the rings and the elves in this new show, as I mentioned previously, the dwarves are going to be making an appearance and this is going to be unlike kind of anything we've seen of the dwarves before. You know, we've seen them in the Hobbit when they were retaking the mountain of Erebor, uh, from Smaug the dragon. And we have seen them in the Lord of the Rings, mainly Gimli, not much else, but now we're going to see them, um, sort of at the, the height of their power. So I, I mentioned Moria earlier. 
uh, we're going to see that in its glory. You know, fully operational mines and a literal city underground full of dwarves. It's going to be quite the sight. Um, we're going to also see kind of the highest line of dwarf royalty here. This is known as the line of Durin. Uh, two characters confirmed for the show. There's Durin the third and Durin the fourth. And we've never seen Durin on screen before. So that's going to be pretty neat. A lot of the dwarves from the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings mention, you know, Durin in some way, shape or form. Now we're going to get to see him in the flesh. So that'll be pretty awesome. We're also hopefully going to learn a little bit more about the seven rings that were gifted to the dwarves. We honestly, even, um, you know, the super Tolkien nerds, there's really not that much known about them. We know for a fact that one of them, if you watch the Hobbit extended editions, uh, that they're, uh, one of the dwarven rings is shown by, uh, <clears throat> by Thorin's father. His name is Thrain. So we're hopefully going to get to see what happens with those rings and how the rings affect the dwarves too. I was, I was talking with M earlier, you know, the, the dwarves don't become ring wraiths like the men do. <laughs> <laughs> little dwarf wraiths. No, uh, that's not going to be happening. But um, yeah, that, that'll hopefully be revealed to us. Um, another interesting kind of connection to make here, M mentioned a character named Celebrimbor. And that is a high elf who was the main you know, person who forged the rings of power. And he actually did a lot of work with the dwarves. Um, in terms of sharing knowledge and crafting things together. So we're going to see that kind of elven dwarf connection um, in the show as well. And yeah, just going to overall be a nice new refreshing look at dwarves in Middle Earth. You know, they're going to be very wealthy, very prosperous and powerful. So that'll be cool. But I think some of the biggest uh, key moments on this show are going to be taking place in the realms of men. So, as mentioned prior, there's Numenor. What is Numenor? Long story short, Numenor was an island kingdom that was basically created by the gods of Middle-earth and gifted to the men who fought alongside the elves against Morgoth. Now, Morgoth, who's Morgoth? Original source of all evil, essentially. If he was the closest thing to the devil in Middle Earth lore. So, as mentioned also prior, you have Elros, who is Elrond's brother. And Elros became the, king, the first king of, um, of Numenor. And Numenor was world-renowned during its time for very fine arts, very skilled craftsmanship, and its very strong warriors that lived there. If you remember Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings movies, he's a descendant of people who lived in Numenor. Most notably, the two I mentioned earlier, you have Elendil, who is um, the father of Isildur, who cut the ring from Sauron. And it's been confirmed that we're going to see both of them in the show, most likely on or around Numenor. So that will be exciting to see their origins and their, their stories. Uh, 
And remember that white tree that I mentioned? Yeah, that was in uh, that was planted in Numenor first, and then it was uh, well, the tree itself wasn't transported <laughs> per se, but uh, its seeds were taken from Numenor and uh, planted elsewhere in a place such as Gondor. So also in a very little origin story, important origin story. <clears throat> Another kingdom of men that we're going to get to, you know, peer in, into for the first time is the kingdom of the South. If you remember from the Lord of the Rings movies, there were pirate ships as well as men riding giant elephants. They came from the South, but they weren't always all bad, if that makes any sense. This, these were Southern kingdoms, you know, that weren't always influenced by evil, by Sauron. So we're going to hopefully get a good look into life in the South. We haven't had any look into it prior. Um, and, and not, there's some known uh, lore about the South in, in the books, but not a whole lot of detail. So that's going to be something that's going to be featured. And uh, we're hopefully, last but not least, going to get to know a little bit more about the Nine Rings and where all the Nine Rings went to. Because, uh, I mean, the ring rates have to come about somehow, right? Nine kings of men. But we don't know who they are. So we're going to find out, hopefully. Yeah. Um, well, the hobbits, I mean, eyes is already said a little bit earlier on um the hobbits that we have seen in the trailers the hobbits that will be in the show are known as the harfoots um again they are not quite like the hobbits that we know and love from the movies that we've seen they are kind of more like scavengers almost and uh yeah they they wander the hills uh and again eyes as I said, repeating what he said, uh, they are most closely related to men. That'd be true. Weren't there weren't there some like other variants of, of hobbits though? I remember you did some research on them. Yes. There's like two During other types. The second age. Yeah. There was the stores and the fallowhide. Mm. Um so they the the Harfoots, essentially, they they came to mingle with the stores and the fallowhides and settled in the Shire and this began the uh the hobbits that we we do know from the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh good. Well said. Um it's worth noting that um this is just more or less a little fun fact. If you remember Gollum, I I think it would be hard for someone to forget Gollum. It used to be known as Smeagol and Smeagol was a hobbit-like creature. Now, he wasn't exactly a hobbit, but he was most likely, you know, one of these kind of three halfling races where either Stor, Fallowhide, or Harfoot. I'm sure it's mentioned in the book somewhere exactly maybe what he was, but I, I can't remember that off the top of my head right now. So, yeah, a little bit of a link there. Yes, so finally, we're going to talk a little about Sauron. Now, Sauron was the servant of Morgoth, which uh, I keep referring to as the uh, original big bad. Um, now, Morgoth was defeated. This this was in the first age, so we won't we won't really be seeing any of that unless we have some little flashbacks. Who knows? 
Um, but yeah, so he was he was a servant of Morgoth. He was more like his lieutenant. And uh, yeah, he he went into hiding after uh, Morgoth was defeated. Nasaron is uh, a master of deception and cunning, and he uh, he can kind of shift into different forms as a part of this kind of deception was his uh his main power. So he fled uh, after Morgoth's defeat, and he didn't actually rule Mordor until quite a bit later. Now, this doesn't mean that during this time where, you know, the orcs and whatever other evil creatures were roaming around uh, didn't have a ruler, that they weren't present, because they definitely were present during the time that uh, Sauron was in hiding. They were alive and very much well in Middle-earth during this time. Yeah, so uh, if you've watched any of the trailers, you've probably already seen some orcs and maybe even some wargs. And uh, yeah, just wanted to capitalize on that, that even though, you know, the enemy is in hiding, uh, evil is still very much afoot in Middle Earth. Um, but yeah, if we are, if I'm going to summarize basically some of the main things to expect to see in this, this show coming out, it would be these things. It would be the rings. Galadriel, Elrond, Gilgalad, Durin, Sauron, Numenor. If you remember those words and the people associated with them, then hopefully it'll be a little less confusing when the show is released. Now, I'm expecting there to be more than enough exposition, <clears throat> more than enough exposition when the show begins to help you you kind of be brought up to speed uh, because as, as you know, just from us talking about it, the Lord of the Rings universe is very vast. And if they were able to simplify it enough for movies to be made, then I'm sure they're going to do just fine when it comes to the TV show. We, we want to impress that on you that this is, this is not something to worry about. Don't 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 feel like you need to take notes every episode. It's not going to be like that. Just remember, it, remembering some of these things might help. Um, we you know just want to give you that brief little preview, so that when it does pop up in the show, you can be like, oh yeah, I remember M and I's talked about that. Yeah, oh yeah, the store hobbits. Oh yeah, <laughs> Elros, what a guy. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we were actually going to, in this segment of the show, uh, probably talk about what we're most excited to see. Um, and, and that is going to be in just a few short days. And uh, M, what would you say you are most excited to see um, come forth on the screen? There's a lot. Um, I've just been sitting here thinking about the things that I'm excited for, and I feel like I'm just adding to the list um, as we've been talking. Hey, it's say a, it. Say it's it all. a long list. Say it all. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, one by one, Casa Doom. I'm excited to see it. Um, now, we've talked about Moria. Casa Doom was Moria before it, you know, it fell into darkness. Um, so that I am very excited for. I mean, 
Numenor as well. We have seen clips of both of these places in the trailers, and I'm just, I think I even mentioned it in the previous very short episode that we did. I'm just so excited to see these places that we've read about and heard about on the screen kind of being brought to life. Um, They look incredible as well. The clips that we have seen, they look amazing. So very, very excited to see that all on the screen. Sauron. Um, Obviously, we are trying to keep this as spoiler free from (laughs) what we do know. Um, I am excited to see how it's going to uh, come about in the show. Um, yeah. What form he's going to take? What form he's going to take? Because um, we've yes. really never seen him outside of his we like haven't. either the eye yes. or his armor. Like yeah. we we've we never seen, seen him in any of his deceptive forms. Yeah. yeah so it's um, I'm very excited to see how he's presented and. Uh, yeah, we, we we shall see. What if Sauron is like? What if he's like hot? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> what if Sauron is like the next Orlando Bloom? Oh, maybe <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, he's got to deceive people somehow, right? <laughs> True. Oh yeah! Again, uh, this. I'm uh, sorry to interject here, Adam, but we mm-hmm. we were <laughs> joking about this the other night. You know, I mentioned that like don't expect to see really any of the main characters from <laughs> Lord of the Rings show up in the show. That that includes the wizards, by the way. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but the wizards don't mm-hmm. arrive until what's called the Third Age, so they're not going to be here. I'd be surprised if they were. But we were joking about what if Orlando Bloom just. <laughs> happens upon the screen and because he's at legolas is an elf he's been alive for thousands he just comes years. in and does like a cameo for an episode or he just does a cameo. <laughs> it could happen so oh, no. don't be surprised by that one i don't we don't think it will but it could no. very well happen or orlando bloom's a very <laughs> ambitious lad right yeah <laughs> sorry to interrupt Can, no. please continue <laughs> um okay so Another one, and this is less more of a what I'm excited about, but more I'm just very curious. Now, we've seen in the trailers the meteor and what's come to be known by a lot of fans as the meteor man. Um, I am so intrigued, a little confused and very curious. Just I, I just want to know what the whole deal is with that, what it is, who that person is. Um, I just, yeah. I, I've been wrecking my brain, I've been doing my research, and I just can't think of who it could be, so I'm I'm very interested to see how that's going to come into play and who that person is and what they're doing. I, too, am uh, curious about the Meteor Man, because yes. um, it's not like, you know, the Tolkien nerds are like, oh, yeah, Meteor Man, yeah, he was in the, <laughs> he came about this year and did this mm-hmm. and this, like, no, yeah. we're all just like, what? Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what mm-hmm. exactly Meteor Man is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully. <Yep. laughs> Any anything else you'd like to add to your growing and the list? list go on. And this is this is a weird one. But <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, let's hear the weird one. <laughs> I mean it's not a weird one, it's just a bit of a a bit of a random side note. I'm very excited to see the orcs. Oh. Because so I was a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings movies, and it's actually one of the reasons. So I studied 
special effects makeup for TV and film. And it's one of the reasons I actually got into it, because it was all practical makeup for the orcs. Now in The Hobbit, they used a lot of CGI orcs, which I didn't personally, I wasn't a massive fan of. So the fact that they're using practical effects on the orcs again makes me very excited to see the orcs on screen again. I'm, I'm excited to see what they've done with that. It, it kind of, it just, yeah, that made me very happy. When I saw it in the trailer, I was like, oh my god, it's all, it's all practical effects, I love it. It just made me very happy. Harkening back to your childhood. Yeah, it really yeah. did. And I mean, there's so many of them as well. So it's just, it's, it's impressive mm. to see so many people in this like crazy amount of like prosthetic makeup and stuff. It's, it's going to make me very happy. <laughs> Adding to, to what you said about, you know, the orcs, I, I'm also intrigued because we, uh, in one of the trailers, I believe it showed orcs kind of out and about during the daytime now i think they were trying to cover themselves but like orcs are typically not big fans of the sun (laughs) (laughs) uh lord of the rings fellowship of the ring um you remember gandalf talking about saruman's urukai and how they had the ability to roam in daylight and that kind of set them apart from your regular average orc who really only dwelt in darkness and moved in darkness. So yeah, mm-hmm. intrigued by that on my end. I will, I will, I'll just add to, to what Emma's yeah. saying there. But, oh, that makes me really happy <laughs> to hear though, that it's like a call back. I never knew that yeah, about you. Yeah. That was, uh, oh. yeah, I remember looking into it when I was at university doing my studies. I was looking into all the makeup that they did on all the orcs and stuff. It was very, very interesting. While all the girls were fawning over Aragorn and Legolas, you were fawning over <laughs> all the practical effects. I was just like, oh my god, look how incredible <laughs> that makeup is. <laughs> I love it. Well, for me, um, a lot, I, I share a lot of what Emma's already shared um, in terms of what I'm excited about seeing. Definitely, you know, Numenor, a place we've read about for years and, you know, I've seen artwork of, but have never actually seen on screen. Um, just the vastness as well as just the uniqueness of this island kingdom. Um, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that portrayed. Also, you know, Moria, Khazad-dum, um, in its full height and glory. Um, very stoked to see that as well. Oh, quick disclaimer also about Moria. Um, there's likely not going to be a Balrog there. During the second age, there is a there is a Balrog shown in the um, in the trailer, but it's probably not in Moria because, just like the wizards, uh, the Balrog doesn't show up until what's known as the third age of Middle Earth, um, which is when Lord of the Rings takes place. So, yeah, intriguing. Um, I'm wondering if it's a a little flashback or something. Possibly that um, mm-hmm. kind of piggybacking off of that, they have. Um, well, they have shown some images and brief clips of things that are occurring in what is known as the first age of Middle Earth, which is even further back, believe it or not, than the second age. And first age Middle Earth was a completely different place than what we've come to know and love. Um, this this includes. I'm just going to touch on these places. I can't even begin to go into a history lesson because there's a lot to talk about for the first stage. But places like Valinor, 
places like Balerian and Angband and just massive, huge, huge battles like that happened in some of these places. Um, yeah. Point is, we might see some first age content, which would be extraordinary to see on screen. I hope they do it justice, um, but I'm excited to see it nonetheless. And uh, I guess the last place I was really thinking of um, that I'm looking forward to seeing is what's known as Linden. What is Linden, eyes? Well, (laughs) if you remember the Grey Havens from The Return of the King, this is where Galadriel, Elrond, Gandalf, Bilbo, and Frodo set off on the boat to um, the Undying Lands, as they call them. The Grey Havens was a part of this elven kingdom of Linden. And this is where Gilgalad is ruling from. This is the same region of Middle-earth as the Shire. But in this, in previous, you know, movies, we've only seen really the Shire and the Grey Havens. We haven't explored that much of that region at all. So... Yeah, the kingdom of Linden, and then eventually, hopefully, the kingdom of Arnor, which is a strong kingdom of men um, in that northern realm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing those on screen. Yeah. Give us some more, some more context, <laughs> some more history there, because there's a lot. And, uh, oh, yes. you know, because we're yeah. nerds, we would love to just see it come to life <laughs> out, of, out of the page and onto the screen. Yeah, that's just a few things that we're going to be, well, stoked to watch and talk about with you when you tune into our next episode, hopefully. Uh, First episode, we only know one episode title. It's called Shadow of the Past. And that is going to be dropping, whoa, uh, so many different times. Um, I believe it's going to be dropping 6 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, September 1st. And there, it's going to be a double episode. So, so there's going to be episode two released simultaneously with it on uh, the Amazon Prime streaming service. Point is, Shadow of the Past, first episode. And we've got a pretty uh, special drink coming up for that. One that, yeah, me too. We're, we're actually going to make it uh, later today. Um, and uh, mm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, a fun little feature that you can add to yours if you so wish. Um, we're going to try it on ours and hopefully take some awesome pictures of it, just like we did yeah. for the previous one. I can't but believe it's oh yeah. um, so soon. Yeah. We're stoked. It's coming out. It's, it's happening. <laughs> it's it's come, around, come around quick. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like the Super Bowl yeah. was yesterday when yeah. we saw that first ad, huh? That was very exciting to see come on. <laughs> Best commercial in the, in the whole Super Bowl, yeah. Give our viewers some time to enjoy their Rosie Mahoney. Oh, yeah. Read every single book. And read all <laughs> in the, the books next, over less again. than a week. Well, again, please sure to check out the socials if you haven't already. That would be at Tipples and Tolkien on Instagram and at Tipples Tolkien on Twitter, where you will find drink recipes, links to episodes, as well as other fun facts that you can take a look at yeah. while we are recording and making more stuff for you. For sure. Also, if you do have any questions, I'm going to be dropping a couple of little 
question boxes on our Instagram stories as well as some tweets. So keep an eye out and if you've got any questions, whatever they may be, whether they're super in-depth, I mean we'll try our best to answer them the best that we can, or just little little queries you might have, just send them our way and we will uh, get around to answering them maybe at the end of our uh, episodes. Well, until then, farewell and have an awesome rest of your week. We will see you later this week after the release of the first two episodes of Rings of Power. Cheers to that. Cheers. (laughs)